Welcome into the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show, a proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D-Mendy here, joined by my sales associates, Marty Party and Doc. Fellas, how's it going tonight? Doing great, man. Doc, how are, we, how are you doing? That's what I'm excited to know. Uh, you know, I'm doing better now that you said you're going to be the 12th to join our fantasy basketball league. So you can't back out of that. I'm not going to back out. Um, I got a lot of prep to do. It's categories. It's an auction draft. We're starting from scratch, but um, I'm excited. There's a you lot know, Marty, if I'm not going to win the league right now, I'll put it out there. You are in the upper echelon of people I'm rooting for. <laughs> Thank you. There I you. appreciate that. Well, I mean, fantasy basketball here at Triple Play is huge. Not only is it arguably probably our most popular in terms of views on YouTube, but we have a triple play fantasy basketball league that's coming out on the, uh, the NFBC website. That's going to be a huge league across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're going to collect tons and tons of people for a, a giant overall league for that. More details of that will be coming up very shortly of, of the next coming weeks here. And we also, I think we have two entries into Josh Lloyd's, a uh, big fantasy basketball tournament as well. He reached out on one of our most recent basketball videos and uh triple play is becoming a big basketball brand that you need to make sure you guys are recognized with. So tons of great basketball stuff. If you just listen to our baseball stuff and never that look no further for your fantasy basketball needs. That's for sure. Uh, fellas, we are about two, three weeks left of the fantasy season here. I got to ask you guys, any leagues you're still in the playoffs. Yep. Right now I'm currently, uh, it's my bye week. I got the bye week blues. I finished a second, um, in seeding. So me in first place are relaxing. I have five extra moves I can make this week. So I'm trying to line up my two star pitchers for next week. Uh, Colorado bats, Colorado's playing seven games next week, all in cores. So, um, and then two weeks of playoffs last year, I came in second place had only made a hundred bucks instead of like 600 bucks. So, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's go time. I love it. The first round buy is so crucial. It takes that one fluke week that you could possibly have, and now you only have to win a couple. It's two more weeks left for you right after that. Yeah, but I have two more. But this was the week where Mike Trout's hitting all those homers, and he's just chilling <laughs> on my bench. <laughs> That's tough. But Next hopefully... week, the fluke bad week is coming for you. Oh, uh, no, don't wish that evil on Marty there. <laughs> Doc, I know you're in our Dynasty League. I know you had the second scene. You also got a buy, correct? Yeah, I uh, didn't realize I had a buy till Monday morning when they said I did. So we're just chilling now. There's a nice little gift for you, an early Christmas present for you. Yeah, let me tell you, uh, not being in the playoffs in our home league is pretty bad. Me, you, and Art all didn't make it, so. I shared this tweet because I was like, I shared our standings on Twitter. I said, this is ridiculous. Four of the top five scoring teams did not make the playoffs, which is, I've never seen anything like that in any fantasy sport, baseball, basketball, or football. I would say that's uh, more of like a football thing that could happen. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it's a points league. It's that's been our, what's been six years, seven years that the mm-hmm. homing has been going on. And 
to have four of the top five teams not make the playoffs in terms of scoring was pretty nuts. Uh, you just obviously a lot more of the upper teams, except I think for Prez, pretty much points allowed was the lowest, and they just got lucky with their matchups. But I think that's just fantasy in a nutshell, right? If you play in any type of league where you play against people each week, and it's not just like a, a roto based on like your points accumulated over the season, that that's that's going to be what happens. Uh, but for those that are in the playoffs still, we've got plenty of good stuff for you. Of course, we've got some top names to add potentially for your fantasy teams in the stretch run. We've got two start pitchers. We've got streamers. No LC tonight, as you can see, so we don't have any bring out your dead or stats and trends, arts, charts, and trends here. But uh, still a lot to get to in a packed show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and let's get to that TPF rundown. All right, players that wowed us over this past seven days here, starting off with Elvis Andrews. And again, um, when I make some of these times, these graphics, these were made Tuesday. So these uh, are about one game, potentially two that I've played earlier today. But Elvis Andrews over his last seven games, a 269, 345, 538 slash line, two homers, seven RBIs, even has a stolen base over that time. Twelve, His past 12 games, he's been hitting in the leadoff spot for the Chicago White Sox. He's batting 327 or 17 for his last 52 with five homers, one steal, and a 1048 OPS. So uh, basically an entirely new player since he's been leading off for the White Sox here, Doc. Yeah, he was a hitting streamer of mine last week, and you love the the plate appearances and opportunity. But what I think is interesting is Elvis Andrews has upped his launch angle this year. It was at 8.1 degrees last year. And it's at 12.7 degrees this year. And he has 13 homers on the year, which is his second highest for a single season. And what I think is interesting is a lot of times we've written off these veterans. And the, the first one that came to my mind was Matt Carpenter as well. Um, and then sometimes they just need a new change of scenery and a, a team that's competing and surrounding them with talent. And that's what we've seen with Elvis Andrews. I mean, he's been in the league since 2009. He's only 33 years old. He's been an accomplished hitter, a career 270 batting average. So I think we wrote, we wrote him off a little prematurely because he was with Oakland. But, I mean, he's just been playing his, the lights out since he's been uh, with Chicago in the 23 games. Yeah, and again, he's accumulating plate appearances, which is a big thing this time of year where guys are sitting for teams that might be out of the playoff picture here. And, you know, you're seeing, uh, you know, or, or guys that are hitting lower in the order. This guy's leading off every day. And he's getting a chance. This lineup still has a lot of good bats in it. So he's getting able to score a lot of runs. You see on the screen, six runs over his last seven games. Uh, and he's just overall looks like a very solid middle infielder to have for your team. You can put him in a middle infield spot. You can put him, obviously, I think he's second short eligible. So he, he can play a multiple of uh, places for you in your lineup. A, a solid player to have here down the stretch. Let's go to our next player here. Uh, let's go to Josh Young over his last seven days. He's only keep in mind. He's played five games as of this screenshot. So I think he played, he's played one more since this, but mm -hmm. a two fifty, two fifty, six fifty slash line, two home runs, three RBIs, three runs does have no walks to 11 K's, but he has had hits in four of his five games since he's been called up two homers and four total extra base hits over that time. Marty's party. Josh Young was somebody we were hyped about coming into the season, and then the injury uh, that he sustained basically missed he missed the entire season, and now he's coming here 
helping the Texas Rangers out at the end of the season? And should he be helping out your fantasy team down the stretch? Only in very deep leagues, 15 team, five outfielder, um, or maybe a 12 team, five outfielder. But um, so here's the, here's the pros third base eligibility. Third base has been brutal this season. So that's good. He's playing a super shallow position. He has two home runs in six games. That's also good. However, 13 strikeouts in those six games. He has a 54% strikeout rate. He's not hitting the ball hard at all. And he currently has a 78% fly ball rate. So, um, yeah, it, it, it would have to be a deep league. Um, he's 23% rostered in Yahoo League. So he's still, he's out there next week. He has six home games. So, um, if you do need somebody in third base and you're hoping for some pop, uh, I think he's a, a good add, but it's gotta be, like I said, very, very deep. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, not looking at him in anything like 10 team leagues and I guess in 12, it depends, but yeah, uh, I'm with you there. Marty party. Our next hitter on this list, David VR, his last seven games, a 333, 385, 792 slash, three home runs, five RBIs. He's got nine Ks of two walks. He started the last 10 games and has four home runs since he returned to the Giants on September 2nd. Just to give a like a little update since I made this graphic here, he's homered once since uh, September 8th. So he had a double header on September 8th. So uh, if you count all those games up, he's homered one in his last seven games. Did have two hits in his most recent game, uh, but definitely not been as hot as he was, I would say, over the last like 10 days. He's kind of cooled off a little bit recently. Um, he's had two multi-hit games over his last... Yeah, he has four hits uh, over his last seven games and then both of those were two hit games there so i don't know how i feel about him he has continued to play every day so if you're looking for plate appearances again he's getting it i just don't think he's been anything sort of consistent of what you want so david vr i'm not looking anything outside the deepest of leagues right now conversely though oscar gonzalez has done even way better since i made this graphic last seven games a 348 444 739 slash two homers and six rbis Three walks to four strikeouts. He's got an elite max exit velocity this season, 113 miles an hour, 21% K rate with a 42% hard hit rate. Both of those are well below for the K rate and well above uh, for the hard hit rate above league average. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Oscar Gonzalez hit another home run today. Uh, so he's homered uh, in the last two days. He's homered since I made this graphic. So he basically said, I want you to up my stats. He's getting everyday playing time for the Cleveland Guardians, and he has five hits over his last two games since I made this graphic. Uh, this is the guy that's getting everyday playing time for a Cleveland Guardians team in the middle of playoff contention right now. He's got power, as you can see. Uh, he's somebody that could be a main fixture in their uh, lineup next season as this team still is desperate need of hitting to go along with their outstanding pitching. He's someone I'm very bullish on the rest of the season. With only a few weeks left, you got to pick up the hot hand. And Oscar Gonzalez, I think, Outside of these four, I think with these four hitters we talked about tonight, he's my personal favorite. Go get Oscar Gonzalez if he's out there in any of your leagues to help you down the stretch here. All right. From hitting to pitching, and let's kick off the pitchers here with a closer. And let's go to Jose LeClerc, who over his last seven days, four innings, but has three saves with a 2-2-5 ERA. And... Since the All-Star break, a 1.93 ERA, 33 strikeouts to 11 walks, and over 28 innings. Just been electric as the Texas Rangers closer. He has that job solidified 
as Jonathan Ender, Jonathan Hernandez came in the game and on Monday in the seventh inning, and he's the other potential closer. I think this is LeClerc's job. If you need saves, he's the guy to get. Doc, what say you? Yeah, so similar to what we said with AJ Puck a couple weeks ago, like at this point, you're if you're looking for saves, you're going for the guy that's getting opportunities. And what I think is interesting is LeClerc didn't pitch in 2021 as the Tommy John surgery and only threw two innings in 2020. So he essentially hasn't pitched since 2019. So it does have a little bit of uh, saving wear and tear on his arm. Um, you know, maybe batters aren't as familiar with his uh, offerings. I'm a little bit hesitant because I look at his career whips, 1.6, 1.38, 0.85, and 1.32. Um, this season's it's at 1.06, but he's walked a batter in five out of his last seven outings. I, I, to me, once again, and when we said this with Puck, the blow-up looks like it might come, but you're taking the save opportunities where you can get them now. Saves are scarce. People are chasing saves at this point in the year, especially if you need that to climb up standings in Roto Leagues. And so if that's something you need, LeClerc is right now somebody locked into that role. Uh, and he has strikeout upside, obviously, as you can see, 33 strikeouts over 28 innings. So uh, can help you in a lot of different ratios there. Let's go to our next guy. Let's talk about Mike Miner, who looked a lot better for this show before his most recent outing, which kind of dragged down his overall numbers. That's one of the things sometimes with the plan ahead, and then they they ruin things for you here. Over his last seven days, a 10.2 innings pitched, 17 hits, eight strikeouts, a 4-2-2 ERA, had given up before his most recent outing on Monday, had given up just five runs over his previous three starts, and he's going to get plenty of innings you'd expect down the stretch here for the Reds, who are one of the worst teams in baseball and just looking to uh, finish out the season here. Marty Party, Mike Miner, a little blip recently. Is that enough to scare you off from wanting to roster him? I've been scared of Mike Miner for years. Absolutely. This is exactly what I expect from him. Even although he has like a couple, you know, a couple good stretches, it's still not worth it. Um, batters are crushing the ball of him. He doesn't strike out anybody. Um, this is this is who Mike Miner is. But a fun fact, he struggled the most against Pir- the Pirates this year. He's given up 15 runs to them in only 17 innings. So even the, even though he's playing one of the worst teams in baseball, this is just showing, you know, he's old. He's an old arm. You know, he's a lefty. So maybe if down the stretch, if he goes against a team that cannot hit left hand pitching uh, or yeah, that would be. Just to give you an idea, let's see, WRC plus. So like Miami, even, okay, never mind, because Pittsburgh's 29th against lefties. Mike Miner's just bad. Don't play him. <laughs> just don't do it. Oh, okay. I, I respect that, Marty. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably out on him as well. Uh, so don't pick up Mike Miner. Leave him out there. Very matchup dependent. Uh, yeah, stay away. Fort Miner greater than sign Mike Miner. There you go. I agree with that. <laughs> Ryan Nelson, our next player to talk about here on the rundown. Last start, six scoreless innings, allowed six hits with six strikeouts, the dreaded 6-6-6 there. Thrown 13 straight scoreless innings to begin his career. Four-seam fastball has been a big key to his success, as his four-seam fastball right now, whiff rate only 24.6%, but opposing batters are only batting .97 against it. Even his expected batting average of 161 it still looks pretty good. Curveball. 286 batting average against with a 193 expected batting average. Those are his top two pitches. And he's been doing, uh, he's using his curveball really well late in counts with a 66.7% put away rate there. Uh, and just looking at his usage of his pitches in his two starts, been very much around the same. Fastball hovering between 66 69% of the time. Curveball anywhere from like 13 to 
and then his two other pitches, his slider and his changeup, both of those hovering anywhere from like eight to eleven percent. Uh, so he's been very consistent so far. Uh, we'll have to see once he gets more starts under his belt. But I like firing up Ryan Nelson if he is in the right matchups. I'm not playing him against like the Dodgers or against a team like the Braves. But if he has good matchups, I have no problem putting him out there. Uh, he's got some good stuff, and the Diamondbacks are going to keep running him out there with him pitching like this. On the flip side, though, Mitch Keller. Oh, Mitch Keller, who I feel like every single time you, you're out on him, he just pulls you back in. That's what he does. It's good old Mitchy boy here. 13 innings, 7 hits. Over his last 7 days, that's 2 starts, 8 strikeouts. And over his last 11 starts overall, a 2.55 ERA, 1.25 whip, and 49 to 19K to walk in 60 innings. So the strikeouts have not been there, but we saw Mitch Keller undergo a transformation I believe basically over his second half of the season here where he stopped trying to strike people out and was pitching to contact more. And that's kind of changed. I think he uh, started throwing his sinker more. I'll pull up those stats just to double check, but he was pitching to contact. That's why the K's are down and the ERA has been better. Uh, I don't know about you guys, Mitch Keller. Are you, is he burned you enough to where you're not even considering it at this point? Um, just because of where we're at, if this was the beginning of the season, maybe I'd give him a chance, but it's playoff time. It's end of the season. If you're in it right now, you can't, you can't, uh, take a blow up. So I'm staying away from him. Uh, I'm the opposite and spoiler alert. He is a weekend streamer for me. Hey, there we go. That's us. That's a uh, tease right there. If I've ever heard one, but yeah, Mitch Keller, I guess we're kind of differing on. I don't know if I could trust my playoff matchup with him (laughs) pitching. I would, I would be trying to avoid that if I can. All right, our team schedule as it looks over the following week here coming up, the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers both play eight games. And that's really the only one I want to highlight here because everybody else plays six or seven. So if I did not mention the other team, it's six or seven games, but the Diamondbacks and Dodgers both play eight. Our most added players from this past week. And Hunter Brown Kicking things off, added 44% of leagues, I believe, pitched last night as well. Six innings, I think two earned runs against the Oakland A's, so it looks solid. I think he's going to lose his rotation spot with Justin Verlander coming back on Friday, so he's not going to get a second start this week. But Hunter Brown's looked really good. He's probably going to pitch a long relief in the bullpen and in the playoffs. So temper your expectations, rest of season for him. Bailey Falter, Jake McCarthy, Elvis Andrews, Trevor Rogers. Hey. well, Josh Young, Cal Raleigh, TJ Friedel. Let's talk about T- Trevor Rogers for a second. He's been talked about on the last two shows. But my question to you guys, how he's going to get bumped up now. I think he would have gone from being somebody that you take a shot on late as a potential high upside guy. He's going to settle in, I think, at an ADP. I- I'm asking you guys, around pick 100, is that too early for Trevor Rogers for you? Let's say you're in a 15 yes. team league. So at that point, you're going to be in what the seventh round of your draft? You said 15 league? 15, 15 team league is the seventh round. If my math is correct. Um, yeah. You're I could. Seventh round it. of your draft. Would you, no. would you pull the trigger there? No. You said, you said top 100? Yeah. So to put that in the perspective of we're looking at ADP from last year. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, here's who went around that. 105, Shane McClanahan. 106, Ooh. Carlos Rodon. Uh-huh. 108. I feel like Berlander was in that range, too. 
Luis Castillo, 108. Um, Chris Sale, 111. Snell, 112. So, no, he's not going to be – obviously, that you know, those names probably will be moved up a lot more. But, um, but no, he, he won't be in there. Let's say – let's drop around 150. Let's see where the uh, – see if the water's warm there. Kershaw, that was more of um injury. Zach Gallen. Um, Shane Boz. Okay, now we're getting we're getting closer. We're getting closer. Uh, Luis uh, Severino. I mean, and imagine... Taylor Rogers was yeah. So maybe maybe one fifty, but he's got Washington next. He should be able to. He, if he's lights out there, that that'll be a good start for him. Then he should have two more, maybe three more starts after that. So yeah, imagine if he goes the rest of the season looking like I think I believe he's had a, a two like I want to say it's like two nine ERA over his three starts since he's returned. Uh, better than a K per inning. If he goes the rest of the season pitching like that, I think his ADP is going to skyrocket. And I think it's going to be one of those situations where people early in draft season get him later. And then as more and more comes out in the offseason, like his over his last 10 starts, look completely different pitcher. He figured things out. Like I'm oh. going to get Trevor Roger at a discount. And then every single industry person is going to steadily take him a little earlier and a little earlier and a little earlier. And then by March, he's going in the top 100 because I feel like that's how this works every single season. I feel like this is the art uh, argument, though, is in September, you're facing a lot of AAA hitting. Like you're facing a lot. You just face the Rangers lineup. That's pretty. It's actually not too bad. It's a pretty good lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I was gonna say I'm more comfortable in the 150 range just because like there's been so much fluctuation and it's not like oh he's been okay and he's shown flashes of ace like he's been borderline unstartable probably unstartable I think his whip at the beginning of the season was 1.64 like an ERA in the mid fives like he's shown flashes that can kill your ratios and you bench him and I just can't take someone in the top 100 that has shown that over a long period of time. And Doc, I will say though, two weeks ago we talked about him, and you said you're going to be you're a little bit more invested than most. So you know, hats off to you there. Um, and what we talked about last week when I was doing some a deep dive on him, he worked with his uh, pitching coach the whole time he was injured to try to get his mechanics back to exactly where they were last year because he, he guess he tinkered with them on in the off season. So uh, I'm not I'm not a film guy, right? I won't be able to sit there and look and see if he's back with the, if, his, if his mechanics are on the same as they were last year. But um, that's what he was working on, and it looks like it's working. So I will uh, pull this up here. So I have Trevor Rogers' pitch usage pretty much since he came back. So Trevor Rogers returned uh, on. Let's have been. I'm trying to see so. He pitched, has it been four starts? I think so. Let me see. Uh, I, I'm going to do the name game after this. So, he, David, continue with what you're doing. He pitched on 7-11, 7-17, 7-25. So I'm trying to find. I think it's he, August 31st and because he, it was the 31st of August, right. September you, 7th, Marty. and the 12th. You're, you're yeah. right. There's a month gap here. I totally blanked on that. So yep. these are his three starts in terms of usage on his pitches here. So. Never been somebody to utilize a sinker, even though that's listed on here pretty much anytime recently. So it's a four-seam slider and change are the three pitches we're looking at. Four-seam fastball, his start before he missed a month, 44% usage on his fastball. 55, 62, and 57 cents. So a, a tick higher usage of his fastball. The big thing 
that's been interesting is his slider. And in his first start, only used it 8% of the time. Went heavy four-seam fastball changeup. Those were his two main pitches. His second start, heavier on the four-seam fastball, but his slider and changeup were pretty much equal. And then on his next start, again, completely ditched the slider, heavy four-seam and changeup. So he's basically over his three starts, he's alternated using his slider a lot and then not using it. And I think he's talked about working, continuing to hone that changeup. And so I think it's kind of interesting if we watch him tinker with how he uses those three pitches the rest of season here. So I thought that was kind of interesting because it's, again, something he must have noticed he's working on, see how teams are against certain pitches. Maybe that's why he's featuring his changeup more versus certain teams as opposed to his slider. Uh, buddy Albert checking in. Always love seeing him in the chat. Good evening, my friend. All right, uh, let me let me do the name game with you guys. I have five names here, and if you tell me at their, if you are on the clock, who you would take between Trevor Rogers or these people? Okay, for Trevor rest of Rod- season or next year? Next season. Okay. okay. Trevor Rogers or Brady Singer? Trevor Rogers. Rogers. Trevor Rogers or Jose Arquiti? Trevor Rogers. Rogers. Okay. Trevor Rogers or Jameson Tyone? Trevor Rogers. Rogers. Okay, I thought that these might be for debate. You guys are higher on him next year than I thought. Trevor Rogers or Eduardo Rodriguez? Trevor Rogers. Marty. I have to. I mean, honestly, it's got to be Rogers at this. No, 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 Eduardo Rodriguez. No, it says Eduardo. Ah, uh, there he goes. Finally, last one I have. Assuming he pitches next season, Eduardo <laughs> or um, Trevor Rogers or Adam Wainwright. I think I say Patrick Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> I think Adam Wainwright's retiring, if I'm not mistaken. I said if he comes back next season. It'd be Wayno for me. Yeah, I would take Wainwright if he comes back, but I don't okay. think he is. You guys are higher on Trevor Rogers than I thought you'd be. He's got still obviously double-digit K per nine upside, and if he finishes the season like he's been looking, I mean, he's. I'm telling you guys right now, I'm marking it on September 14th. By the time drafts hit like the month before the season, he's going to go – around the top 100 if he assuming he finishes the season like he's been pitching this is like your bobby witt top 50 shot right here you're calling it early i like it i mean i'm not saying he's gonna finish production wise like that next year i'm just saying that he's i don't think it's crazy. i don't think it's crazy because recency bias is hell of a drug people are gonna want people are gonna again he's gonna be a huge value early on in draft season and then everybody's gonna dig into his numbers and everybody's going to keep pushing him up steadily to where... Plus, it's the Marlins, man. The good yeah. park. They know what they're doing with pitching. They've yeah. proven it for a long time. Besides Pablo Lopez. <laughs> Our uh, most most drop players, real quick. I'll get a lot of these guys are usually because of injury. Andrew Benatendi, Matt Manning, Justin Steele, Freddie Peralta, Tyler Molly, Lars Newtbar, who looked like the hottest pickup in fantasy baseball for a few weeks, now getting dropped. He's been. I think he had like 0 for 17 stretch over like a five game period. Uh, so he's been ice cold. They, he actually sat recently. So he's getting dropped at this point when you need production right now, Alex Wood and Spencer Watkins are the ones to round out this list. All right, doc, give us some hitting streamers. Yes, sir. And one of these will likely be on the most added next week or players we're talking about, but starting out with Edmundo Sosa owned in 1.2% of ESPN leagues. It's last seven days, 500 batting average, one homer, four RBIs, five runs. Um, he's sat out the last couple days, but I think hopefully next week she gets some playing time. Second base short 
third base shortstop eligible. Phillies are playing six games next week. So when he puts up numbers like that, you can't justify putting him on the bench. But if he does start, I think the Phillies are clicking on all cylinders right now. So somebody that you can get in 98.2 or 98.8% of leagues. The next, and this is who I think we're going to be talking about next week, is Mr. Jonathan Daza, owned in 1.8% of ESPN leagues. His last seven days, he's had six of seven games multi-hit that he's gone two for four. But he's batting 421, 476, 526 triple slash. As we talked about earlier, the Rockies have seven games next week, and they are all at home. So you love that for the cores hitters. And he's been batting too. So he's been getting a lot of plate appearances. It's what you like this time of year. And Chris Bryant is likely not coming back anytime soon. So he's somebody I have no hesitation rostering because at this point you're just looking for plate appearances. And the last one is going to be Nico Horner. Now my contingency with this is that he's healthy next week coming off a triceps injury. So he's had three days off plus a rest day. We're thinking that hopefully he is good next week. Um, He's owned in 41, 44.1% of ESPN leagues. It's on a six-game hitting streak. We've talked about before, just a great contact hitter. Somebody that's way more valuable in points leagues. Has two stolen bases in the last five games prior to getting hurt. And has has one strikeout in his last 31 at-bats. So once again, from that points league perspective, he's not getting you many negative outings. In a roto league, he will help your batting average. He'll get you a swipe here and there. But um, specifically for the former league that I mentioned, I think he's a better target. But this is assuming that he is healthy next week. All right. I like those ads there, Doc. Good work with the hitting streamers. Marty, let's go and let's talk about your two-start pitchers. My favorite. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. David, it took you this long. That's what I was about to say. It took you this long in the season to have the perfect music? I know. I literally... I typed in two on my soundboard. I started scrolling through. I was like, oh, my God, this is it. God. Why did it take me this long? Well, I guess better late than never. Um, <laughs> damn it. That's so good. Okay. Uh, I, I'm throwing off now. Okay. Let's start with the no doubters, as always. I want to add Max Scherzer to this list because he's going to be going Monday uh, at Milwaukee at Oakland. So all of you that uh, drafted Max Scherzer and you're, play- you're in the playoffs, congratulations. You got you, you got your uh, Mad Max going. Uh, other ones, uh, Dylan Cease versus Cleveland versus Detroit. Corbin Burns versus the Mets at Cincinnati. Kyle Wright versus Washington at Philly. Carlos Rodon at Colorado at Arizona. And Luis Castillo at Oakland at Kansas City. These are the yeah, why not? Uh, Charlie Morton versus Washington at Philly. Clayton Kershaw versus the Diamondbacks versus the Cardinals. Logan Gilbert at the Angels at Kansas City Royals. Sonny Gray at Cleveland at the or versus the Angels. Nestor Cortez versus Pittsburgh versus Boston. Hunter Brown, may have, he may, he may not. Probably won't be, um, like you said, Verlander is going to be pitching this weekend. He may be out of the uh, out of the rotation, but if not, he's scheduled to go at Rays at Baltimore. Edward Cabrera versus Chicago Cubs versus Washington. And lastly, Shane McClanahan owners. Congratulations, you got your ace back versus Houston versus Toronto. It's not going to be easy, but at least you got him. Edward Cabrera, if he was a more notable name, would be in the yeah, no doubt, or the no doubts, but okay. Well, and speaking of that, I didn't. we didn't get a text message um, in the group chat saying, wow, Marty, you were right. Chris Bassett definitely was not a must-start <laughs> pitcher uh, after he went uh, 3.2 innings and gave up five earned runs with two home runs. I must have missed that text message. Yeah. Um, it it yeah. might be in your drafts. 
Maybe yeah, no, um, I, you know, I will say that he had a good start against the Pirates, and I forgot yeah. he was a two start. But um, you're right, you're right. I got I got to eat the L sometimes. <laughs> um, risky business. This is the first time that I had to do it to Adam Wainwright. Uh, the last couple outings have been pretty pretty tough for him. Now today, I was just looking at it. He he did pretty good today. So what? Or actually, he's still going right now. Three point two innings. Only he's given up uh, one run. Uh, versus Milwaukee, but next week, tough, tough matchups at San Diego at the Dodgers. Uh, Cal Quantrill versus Minnesota at the Rangers. Drew Rasmussen versus Toronto, uh, or versus Houston versus Toronto. Rasmussen, they made me look like a fool. Uh, I put him in the risky business uh, last week, and he did great. Uh, Dustin Mays, looking, he's looking risky right now. Uh, versus Arizona versus St. Louis. So we obviously, if you're in a head to, or if you're in a daily league, you're going to love the Arizona matchup. The Cardinals have been one of the best hitting teams in baseball, so that makes them a little risky. Ross Stripling at the Phillies at Tampa Bay. Ross has been great. I just can't fully buy into him. Reed Detmers versus the Mariners at Minnesota. David Peterson. Jesus. Um, what did he give up today? I was just looking into it. Um, I don't know. I didn't write it down, but he absolutely blew up uh, today. Let me see. Yeah, I'm not going to look it up, but yeah, he's, he's risky. It for you. Yeah, it's uh, it was pretty. It's pretty comical. Um I think he, yeah, you could look it up. Uh, Dean, um, was it Kramer versus Detroit versus Houston and Drew Smiley at Minnesota at Pittsburgh. So Mr. Smiles is typically a, a must sit for me. He's been good the last month and I love these matchups. I may or may not have already picked him up for next week in my, um, in my league for playoffs. Uh, uh, so yeah. David Peterson's stat line from today, September 14th, 0.1 innings, two hits, five earned, uh, three <laughs> walks and a strikeout. Oh my, that's five. Five earned in how many innings? Point one. He got one out. Oh it's crazy gosh. that um, he gave up as many runs as he did base runners. Wow, absolutely brutal. So yeah, um, yeah, he's been, but he's been pretty good as of late at Milwaukee next week at at Oakland. So two, uh, one decent matchup, one really good matchup. But yeah, I mean that's why he's risky business. You don't know what you're going to get from him. And then uh, lastly, tons of take a seats. Um, Couple of them have never been in this category before, but it, it's playoff time, baby. You got, it's you, you can't take the um, you can't take the risk. So Sean Mania versus the Cardinals at Colorado. Sean Mania should be exterminated. <laughs> Salty. Uh, Kyle Gibson. This breaks my heart. He had a good start today um, because you don't know what you're going to get from Mister Gibby, but he's going to versus Toronto and then he's versus the Braves. So Blue he should Jays be exterminated Braves. with Mania. They should be I, exterminated I, together. I put these on, I put them uh, both on top because I know they've been hurting you lately. So I want to just hop right into that. Thank you. You're welcome. The <laughs> uh, Rowenzi Contreras at the Yanks versus the Cubs. Zach Granke versus Minnesota versus the Mariners. Jake Junis at Colorado at Arizona. Brian Bello at Cincinnati at the Yankees. JP Sears, he had a terrible um, outing last time out uh, versus the Mariners versus the Mets. Kyle Friedland, both games at home versus the Giants versus San Diego. Chad, too cool for school. Again, all both of these are going to be at home in Coors Field versus the Giants versus San Diego. Zach Davies at the Dodgers versus San Francisco. Adrian Sampson at Miami at Pittsburgh. Drew Hutchinson at Baltimore at Chicago. White Sox. Cole Reagans versus the Angels versus the Cubs. Corey Abbott at the Braves at the Marlins. Dylan Bundy at KC versus the Angels. And Austin Voth versus Detroit versus Houston. Now, out of all these, Adrian Sampson stands out. He's been doing actually pretty well lately. Um, and I, I actually do like the both those matchups. So if you are feeling it and you need somebody, you need that you have that last pitching spot and you don't know who to play, I think Sampson could be okay. 
But um, Dylan Bundy's a heartbreaker, man. I don't care that he's been doing pretty decent the last couple outings out. I just can't do it. He doesn't strike out anybody. But yeah, those are the take the seats. I have nothing to critique on that. I even agree with the Adrian Sampson as emergency play. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. You know, we're, we're at the end of the season when Doc isn't fighting the, yeah. the uh, two-star pitchers. He should have <laughs> showered. If he would have showered, he would have been rejuvenated. There you go, him. yeah. No, no, look, I'm not going to argue for the sake of arguing. I mean, it's it's spot on. Hey. There you go. 24, is it the 24th week show or 25th week? Whatever it is, but we finally did it. <laughs> <laughs> After, what, is it six months or whatever it's been? Yeah. There, Doc's, Doc's worn out. It took one time for me getting wrong to uh, Timmy to read <laughs> Thank you, Chris ways. Bassett. Yeah. And, there, and Doc likes Chris Bassett, too. That's what made it even worse. I know. Let's talk some pitching streamers, Doc. Let's go back to you. All right. So just prefacing this, we're at the end of the season where pitchers are getting rest and teams are also not committing to their weekend starters or pushing them back. And you know it's bad when I put Wade Miley on there. <laughs> oh, now, you, you broke your code. YouTube, you broke I your think code. He looks like Waluigi in the eyes. And I asked my roommate and he said yes. What do you guys think? No. Did, didn't you have another nickname for him earlier this season? We yeah, him he's, the, a, the, he's a porn, porn director. Yeah, he's a porn stash. <laughs> He's the porn director. Yeah. Wade Miley looks like a porn director. But we're getting off topic with baseball here. That's okay. (laughs) Owned in 6% of the ESPN leagues. Um, Since he's returned from his IL stint, two outings, but nine innings, three earned, 11 Ks. And since then, he hadn't pitched since June 10th. So maybe less uh, arm fatigue, which actually bodes well for him when because September is usually when he blows up. And he gets to face the Rockies, who are batting 230 on the road and are a league worst 22 and 47. So bodes well for Mr. Miley at home. The next, and once again, I mean, this is this is rough, but it's it's gonna be Matt Manning, owned in 2.2% of ESPN leagues, two earned or less in four out of his last five games. The fifth, the other game uh gave up seven earned to the Mariners. But I look and you look at some encouraging signs, 16 to 5K to walk ratio. Um, he threw 94 pitches last game, so they're letting his pitch count get up. Now he does face the White Sox, but there aren't many good options, and I have to give you three pitchers. So I want to put this out there that I have the lowest expectation for him out of the three. And the third, the in Mitch Keller. Oh, Mitch Keller, owned in 5.8% of ESPN leagues. His last three games, impressive 19 innings. Two earned 18 Ks as opposed to seven walks. And he's faced some good teams at Milwaukee versus the Mets versus the Cardinals. The Mets are in a little bit of a slide. They've lost two straight. They're four and six in their last 10. There is a little bit of risk associated with this, but I think he can give you that upside. He can give you 10 plus Ks um, potentially. But once again, these are people owned in less than 50% of leagues when teams aren't committing to their rotation as much. So, it's not going to be as large a pool to choose from. All right. Good pitching. And those were my two start pitchers. Uh, just to make up for Art not being here. Yeah. So Wade Miley, Matt Manning, Mitch Keller, your pitching streamers recommended by Doc for this week. Yeah, most confident in Miley. And uh, those are words I never thought I'd utter. <laughs> so I was searching Twitter. You guys know what's trending right now. Mm. Does that have to do with baseball? Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't bring it up. Okay. Anymore. 0.00 ERA, if you can guess what that's going to be in reference to. 
Uh, it's like a, I hitter, a hitter throwing one inning and not getting a run. Well, close. I was, so I didn't know what it meant. And everybody that's saying Shohei Otani should be MVP right now, there's a huge thing going on on Twitter that Judge has 57 home runs in a 0.00 ERA. Oh, and, okay. and then compared to Shohei Otani's 34 home runs in 2.55 ERA. <laughs> so Ben Verlander came out and said, I don't need who know who needs to hear this, but this isn't funny. He was like, make the case for who you want for AL MVP, but saying Judge has a 0.00 EOA isn't remotely, remotely funny. It's false and not funny. I wonder what uh, Ben Verlander would have done if Justin Verlander wasn't Justin Verlander. You know yeah, what I mean? He'd be a nobody. Yeah. Obviously. Are they um, related? Yeah, they're That's brothers. His brother. Really? You didn't know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's That's like okay. if me and you. It's like if me and you were in the big leagues, and I was Justin Verlander, and you were Ben Verlander. Well, I feel like Ben Verlander <laughs> doesn't boast as much that he's Justin. He Verlander. went. Oh, that that went over Doc said. I know. The insult. I know. Um. I mean, what do you? So there was a comment on here. A couple people saying, "Let him pitch an inning, and then if he can get through the inning without giving up a run, then he has a legit zero point zero zero ERA." If that's uh, a, let me see it, what the, the Yankees, Yankees need to focus on winning games, and and this is what happens when the the Yankees have been so bad over the last month and a half that like you know they're deflecting. All the fans are deflecting. You know they don't they don't want to hear it. I'm not taking anything away from Judge. I mean, what does he have? Fifty seven home runs now. I know he hit two last night. Um, but Otani, he should be the MVP. If judge was doing this in any other market, no, not to say people wouldn't care. They would care, but it wouldn't be like this. It's just because it's the Yankees. It's a huge deal. Otani's doing this on both sides of the baseball. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. It doesn't matter. He's hit a lot of home runs. Like Kyle Schwarber's hit a lot of home runs. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. All right. So I disagree with you a little bit, Marty. Like I do agree. Otani should be the MVP. But when Stanton hit like 58 a couple of years ago, people were making a big deal about it. And that was in the, for the Marlins. Did he win MVP that year? Yeah, I believe he did. Okay. Well. So now it's actually guys, way more impressive that he does it in Miami in that park. So you yeah, guys are he actually stayed healthy for an entire season. So you guys are on the panel for, a, for AL MVP judge gets to 60 home runs. And Otani finishes the year with a sub three ERA. I think he's at 34 home runs, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't see him getting to 40. So he's finished with 30-something home runs and a sub-3 ERA. And Judge finishes with 60-plus home runs. Who gets the AL MVP? Uh, it's, it's Otani. Like, I don't like bringing the team stat into it. Like, what Otani is doing is we will never see again. And I don't, he did I don't it last year. What I'm saying is, like, him do, like if you're going to say he's not going to win MVP because of voter fatigue, like, that's one thing. But to be able to go out there every fifth, sixth day – and do what he's doing, and have the the batting stats that he is. The year John Carlo won, he hit 281, 59 homers, 132 RBIs. Judge is going to break that, but it's not like it's been unprecedented that somebody's been in a chase for 60 homers. Well, he right now I saw the stat today that he is one home run away from breaking the American League record for home runs by a right-hander in a season. The record's 58. So no right-hander in the American League has ever hit 60. My argument for this, it's less to do with Judge. What he's doing is absolutely incredible. He is literally, he has the Yankees on his back. He is taking them to the playoffs. But Otani won it last year with a 3.18 ERA in 130 innings and 156 strikeouts. This year, a 2.55 ERA, 141 innings pitched and 188 strikeouts. He could get 200 strikeouts. He could hit, what is he at, 30... 
How like many 34. home runs does he have? I think it's like 30, 34. 35 home runs and 200 strikeouts. Like what we're talking about is it's it's you know it's like um like a painter. You know we don't know how amazing of a painter is 200 years after he's dead, and then everyone's like, oh wow, he was one of the best ever. That's how like how crazy what he's doing right now. It's easy for baseball fans, even the simple ones, just to look. That's a lot of home runs. That's crazy. He should win it. What he's doing is absolutely what Otani's doing is just unbelievable. It's absolutely crazy. And I, I mean, we've talked about Judge's stat line. I mean, he's hitting 310 also. Well, I was going to bring that up. 16 he's, stolen bases. 16 stolen bases, and he's second in the American League in batting average. So it's it's not about what Judge is doing or not doing. It's only about what Otani's <laughs> accomplishing. That's all it's about. So I wonder if Judge is going to win it from the fact that he was robbed his rookie season with obviously the whole scandal that the Astros went through. I mean, that season he hit 284, 52 homers, 114 RBIs, and he finished second to Altuve. And, you know, especially him being in a contract year, I wonder if he's voted for it just so that, you know, we can see what he gets on the open market. Because if he wins MVP, has the best statistical season, and bets on himself, like that's a narrative there that I think writers want to see. He's going to look really good in a Mets uniform next year, guys. Really the Yankees good. are going to throw yeah. everything they can. What do you mean? A, a Dodgers uniform? The Dodgers will Whoa. just... <laughs> that would be crazy. I would love that. That'd be cool. They might not lose a game. Well, for the record show, I don't disagree that O'Donnell deserves the MVP. I think they both do. Judge is going to win it because uh, Otani won it last year. It's going to be the oh, voter fatigue. Sure. It's going to be it's the New York Yankee bias for me. That's why he's gonna Yankees. It. It's going to be the fact that they're in the playoffs. It's going to be in and that the Angels aren't. It's going to be the fact that he's going to hit 60 home runs, which has only been done, what, five other times or something like that. Like if he hits Ohtani, 62, I'll be OK with it. Otani won the MVP last year, which is why I, I, the way I look at it, Doc, bringing a basketball reference. LeBron James could win MVP LeBron, every yeah. year in his prime, right? Like he won what he ended up winning four, and he should have won probably another three or four if you're actually talking about the most valuable player in the league. But you look, who's this flavor this year? It's Russell Westbrook with a averaging a triple double. Oh, who's the flavor this year? You know, it's uh, it's well, yeah, it sounds like your your Aaron Judge is uh, Derrick Rose when he won the MVP. When yeah, like that, definitely that, that's, won it. he's gonna have this amazing year that he'll never replicate. And they'll be like, hey, this Otani's done it twice. He won it the first year because he did but it. But this year's this, better. He's done better I agree. this year. That's the crazy. Like, that's why it's just, it doesn't make any sense. His, his Judge, batting has suffered a little bit. Judge oh, needs to yeah, hit 60. Yeah, a little bit, but the pitch. Judge needs to hit 60 in order for him to get have a chance. If he does not hit 60, then there's no chance he wins it, in my opinion. Vegas has a minus 1,000 to win. So they know something yeah. we don't. And I think I think there's a difference between like David, you bring up the LeBron James argument. LeBron James has been classified as the best basketball player in the world for a for a period of time. Like every any baseball player or baseball fan will say Otani is the best baseball player when you factor in both sides of the ball. And then they'll but they'll say like Judge was the most valuable this year, whether you want to determine exactly batting stats. Exactly. That so it's, it's like what I'm saying. It's the LeBron thing in baseball where. You Otani should technically get it, but he's a judge is going to be the flavor this year. He's the, he's doing something we've never seen. Otani did that last year, so that that type of thing is going to play in with the voters. He does need to get sixty because that arbitrary number is something that's going to stick in voters' minds. Sixty home runs, so I I would be willing to put a ton of money on Aaron Judge winning the AL MVP if he does get sixty. Well, if you uh, if you bet a thousand dollars, you'll make a hundred back. Hundred bucks. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, I'm not going to do that. But uh, all right, let's go to the last part of the show here. It was a fun debate here since we had a little extra time. Let's talk about Marty's uh, weekend warriors. All right, here are your weekend warriors, and it is playoff time, baby. September 16th through the 18th, so this weekend, most valuable in your head-to-head daily leagues. And we're going to start off with a guy named Bubba. Bubba Thompson, outfielder for Texas, three games at Tampa Bay. He's 29% rostered. He's batting 278 on the season with 15 steals. So um, I'm the sneak. I mean, 15 steals, is uh, that's pretty good. Over the last seven days, he has five stolen bases. So he clearly has the green light. If you are in the need for, especially in your head-to-head leagues, if you need steals, this could be a guy that could, you know, get you that whole category. If he has another uh, another week like that, five ste- five steals in one week is pretty good. Oscar Gonzalez, don't really have to go into it. We've already talked about him a lot. Outfielder for Cleveland, four important games at home this weekend versus the Twins. He's got a doubleheader, so plenty of at bats are coming. He's batting two ninety one with eight homers on the season. Over the last week, he's batting um, three ninety one with three home runs. So he, he's very hot. And Luke Voigt, first baseman for the Washington Nationals. Yeah, you remember him. He was the guy that had to leave San Diego against his will. 31% rostered, three games at home versus the Marlins. Uh, Alcantara, only he pitches on Sunday, so um, obviously that's going to be a tough matchup. But over the last seven days, he's batting 360 with the home run, four RBIs, and um, uh, three runs as well. And then um, hopping over to pitchers, never mind an Adrian Sampson. Uh, looks like he like he was he was boosted up to Monday, so scratch that. Trevor Rogers, we've already talked about him a bunch this weekend. He takes on the Washington Nationals, only sixty four percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. Uh, over the last 18, 18.1 innings, he has twenty two strikeouts, two point nine five ERA, and a zero point nine three WHIP. Then lastly is the old vet, Marco Gonzalez out of Seattle, you know, Seattle Mariner. He's taking on the Los Angeles Angels and they will be in Anaheim, 34% rostered over his last 19 innings. He has nine strikeouts with a 3.32 ERA and a 0.79 whip to round that out. Again, Bubba Thompson, Oscar Gonzalez, Luke Voigt, and then the pitchers, Trevor Rogers and Marco Gonzalez, your weekend warriors. Oh, love those weekend warriors there from Marty Party. Uh, good work from the entire team here as uh, we, we're we still able to get this to nearly about the same length we do for most shows, just with fun debates. And uh, we get to I always hang out and do this every week, which is always really fun for us. My favorite any, part of the week. Any uh, aw, Anything you guys want to leave the audience with in, ahead of week 24 coming up here in the stretch run? Don't be afraid to drop players based on on name now like if if you if it's a must win and someone like Sonny Gray isn't gonna pit I, that's a bad example because he has two starts um but if someone like uh Lucas Chilito yeah well that's an easy drop um if, if someone like a Kevin Gosman like if you need to win this week and he's not pitching till middle of next week like you're playing to win now you need to maximize players that are going to give you points this week and then just play the matchups for next week. Because if you likely win this week, you get to the next week, and then you're just trying to get to at least second to get your money back. I like it, Doc. Good advice there. Uh, I don't know, guys. That was a pretty fun show. That was a good time. Uh, just a little bit of a, a plug talk here, which I'm going to try to start doing a little bit more of and just more kind of talk about everything that we're doing here, which for those that you know, we recently subscribed, 
or have been just watching all season and don't know what goes on behind the scenes here, YouTube channel is bumping. We're at 2.37K subs now. We have the goal, hopefully, to try to get to 3,000 subs by the end of 2022. I think we can hit that with the growth that we have there. Please subscribe if you are not already. And likes and comments help the algorithm to get more of our content out to other people. If you would like to join the TPF Discord, that is always bumping. We are closing in on 100 members in our Discord. I want to get that, get into like 200, 300, 400 people to where conversations flow every day. Trade talk. Should I add this player, drop this player, start sits for football, uh, fantasy basketball advice. There's so much going on in there. We have some movie and, and uh, TV I'll show. Say, that's talk. how I found Peaky Blinders, man. I spent three straight months watching that show. It's one of my favorites of all time. And I that's- wouldn't have done it about the Discord. That's right. So if you want to get in on the Discord, you can either message myself at dmendio 2 at Marty underscore Tallman, or at Trip Play Fantasy. We'll send you the link to get into our Discord. It is also pinned in the video. If you go to any of our videos, our Discord link is there if you want to join through that way. And uh, yeah, just make sure you give these guys a follow again on Twitter. I, I read their handles. They do great work pumping out a bunch of great stuff every single week. Anything else um, I'm missing? Shout out uh, to our Lord and Savior, David. <laughs> uh, make sure you're following Instagram and TikTok too. TikTok, I think we're around a th- close to getting into a thousand followers on TikTok. If you guys doing any work there on Instagram, we're almost at 3K there. Content goes out weekly. I think we have like three or four at least every week going out uh, on those platforms. We're everywhere. So come be a part of the TPF fam. We're mm-hmm. definitely growing. We got a ton of great stuff here. Uh, Thank you for listening. I mean, this has been a long baseball season. So if you're if you're listening to this now, you're the reason why we do this. So thank you very much. 100%. We appreciate all you guys. So for Doc, for Marty Party, I'm V Mendy. We're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys week 24. <laughs>